IntelliKey Leadership Stories, the podcast for conscious leaders. We share the lessons learned from global leaders making an impact for their organizations, stakeholders, and investors. For people, community, and environment, we get inspired by their experiences, attitudes, and practices. Here are your hosts for IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Well, welcome back, friends, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories. And Kirsten, we continue to explore the meaning of this word IntelliKey in the context of business and life for the leaders. Yeah, we do. And right, looking at the soul's purpose, where we're going, where we've been, and aspiring to call it a higher vision that you and I often talk about for yeah. everyone involved. Well, it's in that context and with that subject matter in mind that we're so glad to have as our guest today, Anita Darden-Gardine. Thank you so much for allowing me to join today. Absolutely. And Anita's company is Oniva. And we're going to get into the how it works and what it means and all those sorts of things. But we also want to explore, Anita, I think this overlap between, say, artificial intelligence and a more emotional intelligence and even spiritual intelligence that's built in to your company. But first, tell us what Oniva is and uh, a little bit about the app and how it works. Oniva is a health tech platform the end of the day, it connects FBI background check caregivers um, who provide in-home services like infant care and elder care. They'll go to the employees' homes and provide those services. Uh, so em employees at companies like Felice Insurance or Omnivision, um, as an employer-provided benefit, simply use our app to book those caregivers who come and deliver those services into their home. And it's awesome because it lets them find caregivers who may be vaccinated, for example, and they can see that they have that living FBI background check as well as that first aid and CPR. So it's amazing when you have great companies like TNDC even provide a subsidy to help employees pay for that care. So we're really excited that what we bring is the technology and we do all those things that you just described. And that's why we have a patent for trust and safety. That's that thing with the red stripe behind me. <laughs> because it takes part technology. It's part emotional. And at its core, it's about doing well and doing right. And some of us may think of that in a spiritual context. But it's just about being a good human as well. And saying there's enough money for everybody, including the worker, to be able to share and benefit from all that. So that's what Oniva is, and it means trust. And you need all those elements to create the trust for the worker, for an employer like Microsoft, for um, you know those employees who want to bring someone into their home so that they can just work, right? Most of us just want to work, and we just need a little bit of help. So thank you for uh, allowing me to share what our technology does and um, what our mission is. How did you get here, right? I mean, what, what was the catalyst? What was the spark that said, one, I'm going to create a technology platform, but two, you know, you're really addressing very important needs that our, our country, our world is actually facing, childcare, elder care, like those two bookends alone are the very reason people cannot go to work or are underperforming at work. Absolutely. And, and I'd add in special needs care. Yeah, I, absolutely. I was 11 when my first niece was born in 1973 and she was autistic. 
and to go on and see two nephews also born with similar conditions now growing to adulthood uh, as a caregiver, right? As the youngest of eight, the fifth daughter and youngest, uh, you know, youngest child providing care for my parents and my family was just a part of that expectation for me. So my story is grounded with so many other women. I was a caregiver to my family. I was also blessed to be able to attend UC Berkeley starting at age 15 back in 1978 through a great program. And I fell in love with economics amongst things. And I really did learn about economic disparity growing up here in Richmond, California, right next to Oakland. Can you imagine in, in high school graduating in 1980 to see the massive wealth creation in Silicon Valley and also see my hometown city of Richmond or Oakland not benefit from that? So, you know, fast forward those 10 years I spent at UC Berkeley, uh, I finished double majors in economics and economics in the Black community and MBA. And I worked my way through school doing technology. So I was coding at Bank of America's telecom department in 1982-83, creating those first telephone bills. So the department knew how much they spent. Remember, they broke up the phone company. And oh, they- I remember. <laughs> I have a telecommunications <laughs> background. <laughs> so much tech came out, right? Came out of telecoms. So I was able to work my way through school, meet my husband, Bob, now 36 years married. So he finished his degree in electrical engineering and computer science here in Silicon Valley and was able to have a great career and experience multiple exits. I was able to work my way through school, finish my MBA and enter AT&T's executive training program in 1988 and was uh, assigned to work with Bell Labs to build a natural language system so that AT&T could provision broadband. So I spent the next you know, two to three years building that technology on the East Coast back and forth. And then the next two years uh, documenting how to uh, deploy that technology, building a couple, uh, an additional downstream system, et cetera. So really learning the technology skills that I needed to build my own technology platform. If I can build it and scale it for AT&T, I can certainly do it for myself. And, was blessed to work with some of the best technologists in the world back then. So, um, you know, that was my start. As my career grew into senior uh, positions in finance uh, at Bell, I I left there with the merger or the acquisition by SBC. Um, I had done a presentation to the CEO about it was time to exit my line of business and laid the foundation for sale of Bell to SBC. And um, with that acquisition moved to other companies, um, was at Levi Strauss, Leading Planning, Levi's Docker Slates, um, U.S., Mexico, Canada, strategic roles, same things in, in the AT&T environment, overseeing strategy planning, tactical marketing. And I was at Seagate back in 2000 as a CFO with a $3.5 billion company when Bob's company Kairos XROS was acquired for three and a quarter billion dollars. And like many women, I had a child in Oakland. I worked in Silicon Valley. My husband had a a career. So I left what I love to stay home and provide care. You know, I was blessed to have my second child at age 41. And, you know, when it was time for me to imagine a return to work, by then I needed care for my parents. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and when I looked to see what was available, in the marketplace, including a company with care in its name, it absolutely freaked me out when I realized that it was just like Tinder or Craigslist, except at least Craigslist is free. 
you know, so it kind of angered me too. And I was with Bob and said, Hey, this is a problem I want to solve. Can you build this? And he said, I can build this for you. So, you know, his, I think he's got a 10 patents pending approved largely in the video space. And there is a video component to our technology because that's a part of how you build that trust and how you connect with people. So, um, Absolutely. I'm, I was really blessed to be able to benefit from, you know, just great programs that got me thinking about problems like how do you bring living rate jobs to large numbers of unskilled laborers? Exactly. It's so interesting, you know, in addition to all the patents and the technology, all those frames with the red stripes on them around your house, uh, that you've added an overlap with the people piece. You know, and I was really interested in how Oniva, besides just being an app, is an employee benefit. You know, that it's not just something that uh, helps the individual, but it's how, helping a whole company, isn't it? Absolutely. So we were blessed to be introduced to Fred Teal, General Manager of Benefits and Mobility at Microsoft, um, back on December 10th, 2014. So, um, you know, Reverend Jackson believed that the technology that he saw us have in a consumer grade and with the skill sets that Bob and I had would be successful in the marketplace if we were able to get access. Um, if you know Reverend Jackson, you know he believes that access is a, a key uh, and missing component, right, to, to equity and for folks like me being able to be successful in the market. So we've been blessed to have Fred as a mentor to help us build not only the technology set, our sales pipeline, and his guidance in imagining solving this at a global scale. When Microsoft is your customer and your collaborator, um, they have you thinking about how do you onboard 96,000 employees who need access to care who uh, domestically as well as employees who live abroad. They helped us imagine, just like with medical care in this country, it's typically distributed through the employer. So Microsoft stepped up and Fred stepped up not only to say, let's, let's build it as an employer benefit, but he also put up a $144 million budget this year to say, hey, let me help subsidize um, benefits for my employees. So um, what a vision he had back in 2014 to uh, along with us to build this. Mm, you know, it's interesting. We often make a joke about this word spiritual, right? And we call it woo-woo. You even mentioned spiritual. And I'm going to say, you know, I leave spiritual to be defined by the person. It's what's personal for them. But that is, to me, a very spiritual essence underlying it, putting up that much capital to ensure that those employees are have access to your point. And I agree that, and I love that you brought um, Reverend Jackson into this because he really has stood for the people for a very long time, even amidst a lot of people trying to keep him quiet, right? So how do you, really looking, Mark called it, you know, AI, EI for emotional intelligence and SI for spiritual intelligence. It really is that. How do you um, experience other people seeing that? It sounds like people are really all in and excited. Well, I'm all in and excited. I don't know about <laughs> 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 other people. You know, the, the proof is in the pudding. The technologies 
uh, you know, in the market. Um, we're, we hit the ground running in, in the, the place we wanted to be for February 2022. So, um, boy, there's a lot in there's a lot in that question. So um, you have to ask one in a different so way. So let's talk about the spiritual component a little bit, right? Just demystifying this word spiritual. To me, spiritual sometimes yeah. is as simple as good deeds, right? As simple as good deeds. And this is a very large good deed. So how do you how do you apply the emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence, if you will, to what you're building based on your own principles? I bet if I answer this, I, I will say that at my core, I, I talk to God and God talks to me and God certainly put something in my mind. Right. And said, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to build. Right. And if we do this, you can help a lot of people, have a lot of fun and make a lot of money. Right. At the end of the day. But, oh, what a wonderful way to do it where we can lift everybody. Mm. I engage with God every day and someday. Right. It's, it's hard to do this. It's, I'm eight years in to do this. And, you know, when Microsoft is your mentor and customer, man, you talk about that quality attack and, and it's, it's got to be right. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. You know, the notion of crappy enough doesn't work. So, you know, the, there's the, the reality of the technology, but at the core, it's also this belief in people and the masses that it's not just me who want to see that lift, right? You can extend, but other folks have to respond as well when you talk about lifting the workers, which is hugely important to us, right? On our platform, uh, workers set their own rates, for example, choose their own customers, set their own hours. We just set a rate floor, you know, so it's 20 bucks an hour with tip, the, you know, it's 24 bucks an hour, but at no cost to the worker, right? We'll tell that my, that Microsoft employee it costs 27 bucks an hour for that service. My point is, you know, we're creating opportunities for folks to really live themselves, change their lives. And when you think about who are those folks who work in those traditionally gig kinds of jobs, right? It's folks who look like me, uh, new or new English language learners, women, right? Who's, who's working Instacart, driving with Uber. So what a great opportunity, not just to leapfrog technology in some of those companies, but again, come back to doing good and doing well, creating opportunities for other people. You know, we literally are creating other small business owners. Mm -hmm. That's right? an interesting way to look at it. And I, I was wondering if the companies, the employers, your customers who are buying into this, see it as more than just another cafeteria plan offering. You know, that it's like, yeah, we have healthcare and yeah, we have this and that, but hey, how about this app? This is, because it is empowering to help you, you know, get to work or focus on work more. Absolutely, it helps them attract and retain talent. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, right? Um, right, there's a massive infrastructure bill that just got approved. Um, which is a blessing for lots of towns and cities who are going to see their water systems improve, bridges fixed, and they're all going to be competing for the best construction talent. So what's that one thing that you can offer, especially in a world where we can work remotely, mm -hmm. help you attract and retain that employee, whether you're Microsoft or you're a smaller software company like Oneva that still needs to compete for that software talent with it's Microsoft, right? Come work here, not there. 
Absolutely. In case people didn't hear there, there was a rumble back there. Okay. Small rumble. I did hear the throw down a bit. Well, I'm just saying, every, every company's got to compete for talent, right? If small yeah. business has to compete with big business and, and again, we are, you know, we are in Silicon Valley, but, but to come back to the spirituality of it all, it, I, I hope you can hear it all comes back to that, right? I believe if, you know, you can do well, do right, bigger pie, bigger slices, let's lift everybody, um, you know, access matters, right? History matters. The loving the the playing field's not level, so let's let's level it up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody an opportunity to benefit. So that for me, if that that's my spirituality, and you know what I was able to do through my academic experience was to learn to look at the world from an economic lens, right, as opposed to a political lens, or you know, so lots of folks are fighting lots of great fights. Somebody's out there fighting for schools. Somebody's fighting for criminal justice. I want to talk about how we with large numbers of people who have, uh, you know, primarily unskilled into living rate jobs for folks who can afford to pay them mm-hmm. worth and in safer environments, right? For the worker, for the family, we want to know who's in our home. Um, you always want to know who's around, and around your kids, your mom, and, and we are living longer and, you know, elders, field centers are still closed. Daycare centers are, you know, the world's not going to ever be what it was. But we have seen 4% of the workforce leave, right? The great resignation and women in particular leaving the workforce. So employers see that, right? So who would have imagined back right on December 10th, 2014, when Reverend Jackson said, hey, Microsoft, hey, Fred, work with this team to build that, that COVID would, would have emerged, to, you know, mm-hmm. say what a great moment. So that, that, that's what you call divine. It really yeah. is. And you say that. I'm also curious, you talked about your mentors and your support team. Have you had a chance to network with other like-minded entrepreneurs and leaders to also share your experience and maybe give them advice and lift them up? If you were talking one-on-one with any of our listeners in a similar position, what, what insights and experience would you share with them? Well, you know, every founder has a different journey and every journey is full of lessons and those lessons usually look like challenges so right <laughs> each of ours, uh, as a you know a, a black female founder of a particular age shall we say i've got my challenges right i'm literally more likely to be struck by lightning three separate times than to be invested in by a vc here in silicon valley simply because of the package god chose to place me in Mm. And I want to point out, right? I mean, your pedigree surpasses most, your pedigree and experience surpasses most entrepreneurs that will be funded, which makes it even more unsavory, right? Yeah. Well, and it makes me feel bad, but, you know, my technical co-founder, so I hired my husband in about six months after I founded the company. He used his own attorney to negotiate his employment agreement. Hey, who does that with their wife? <laughs> you know, but but he did. You know, so he's a great employee. But I, you know, I found. Yeah. Well, at least you got the golden handcuffs on him. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now and then, if you don't stop, I think you're giving uh, partnerships and uh, ideas in yeah, this one. Yeah, every employee has a bad day, but he's got the handcuffs. <laughs> I try. I try. So anyway, I love anyway. that. 
Well, I, I think one of the uh, sort of ripple effects of a podcast like ours is that we often do make connections between either guests or listeners or so forth. Um, if you were needing connections, what are you looking for? Obviously, customers and you know, finance and you know, everything else. But what kind of 2022 goals are you hoping to bring in people? And if they happen to be listening or connected with us, we can connect them with you. Absolutely. You know, I'm absolutely love customers. And, you know, we've always been focused on what would happen in 2022. We did a pilot with Microsoft in 2017 and just had a really great response rate in terms of how many folks wanted that care as a benefit. So with our launch just February 1st, we've seen two times the response rate that we've seen wow. pilot. So there's there's nothing like, right, starting revenue and growing and accessing uh, that revenue always with a great big gorilla like Microsoft in, in, your, uh, in front of you just gets you excited. So we're excited about 2022 and, and what that could bring. So we're looking for more customers. Uh, we do also sell Onita through our partner, Felice Insurance. Uh, they're a subsidiary of AcroSure. And if you're an existing company with 1,500 and below and employees, we can make Oniva Care available for you. And uh, we are available in multiple states. It takes us uh, primarily California, Southern California. It takes us about 90 days to launch in a new region to be able to onboard a customer in any city. So we, uh, again, we bring technology. Would love to tell you more about that. Uh, we do seek investment from accredited investors. Minimum investment, 5,000 up to a half mil. That said, um, it's a great time to be in this line of business and, and we're smiling because we're having a very good week. And there's nothing like starting off with great numbers um, as a small business. So thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you for uh, just creating this wonderful forum to talk about what it really takes to you know, build a great business. And uh, at its core, for me, it absolutely comes back to what we call spirituality, right? Mm -hmm. And that higher power on those days when you're going, what the heck am I doing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what I heard you say, and I want to get this right for our listeners. You said it's taken you eight years to get to this point, right? So the journey doesn't happen overnight. It's not, it's not like the movies. You have a great idea and tomorrow you're, you know, doing a hundred million dollar exit, right? Like that's not, it took eight years. And I just, I, I want to say that. So I really yeah. admire that tenacity and that ability to continue walking even when the odds are against you because that oh is the key i i remember emailing fred at microsoft and saying i i think what i used the moses expression and i said i think we can see the promised land <laughs> we've been out for 40 years but i think I can see it coming. that's right i can see it over the mountain yeah and he's like you so crazy <laughs> Well, we all have to be a little bit off to uh, pursue our <laughs> dreams like you are. Well, Anita, we cannot thank you enough for being on the program. Uh, listeners, our guest has been Anita Darden-Gardine, and her company is Oniva. And you've heard, uh, Kirsten, I guess we talk about purpose and passion, but also IntelliKey. I mean, full soul's potential stuff here. This is not just the balance sheet, is it? No, it's not. It's not. And it's not for the weak either, right? This is where grit, determination, intellect, 
intuition, it all comes together. It's not the, the formula is much more than just work hard, know the right people. It is, you know, it, it, uh, to me, that is a true IntelliKey leader. Well, thanks again, Anita, for being on our show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you um, for the opportunity. Have a great day and listeners. Thanks for letting me share some of me. Absolutely. And we want to thank our good friend and uh, podcast supporter, Mitch Slater, for the introduction. Absolutely. And I guess I reach out to you listeners, because if, if you know a leader doing great work out in life, out in business, out in the world uh, to make the world a better place, please suggest. And uh, we're always happy to interview great IntelliKey leaders, aren't we, Kirsten? Absolutely. We love it. We love yeah. it. This, this is what lights us up, right? Yeah, this is Talking why to we people have doing good. Absolutely. So listeners, come back for our next episode. We'll continue talking to conscious leaders about how they're building and growing and inspiring their organizations to a higher purpose, their soul's potential. For Kirsten Gouldie, I'm Mark Stenson for IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldie and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn and visit our website, pureintellikey.com. I'm Jared Kajak. Join us again for our next episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host two other podcasts you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity and Five Minutes of Peace. Subscribe today and leave a review on your favorite podcast player.